0: Helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. All right, hello again. So excited that you're here. Uh, That was fun, wasn't it? Christian t shirt competition. Yeah, it's always good to have fun. You know, we don't have to always be like super serious. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, it's not listed, but joy is. Okay, it's okay to have joy, it's okay to have fun. Uh, and so, really glad that you're here celebrating the kickoff of summer, uh, the kickoff of our new series, This Is My Story. We've done this a couple years ago. I'll explain it in just a moment. Um, and, and then also, Christian T-Shirt Sunday and Family Sunday is good stuff. Before I continue, I just want to echo something. Uh, during summers, we take a break from FaceTime groups, which are our small groups that meet in homes around the city. And on Wednesday nights, we have classes that we do here at the church. And so if if you're interested in learning more about the Word and and, and getting involved, it's just an eight-week commitment. Actually, uh, July 4th is a Wednesday this year. We'll be taking that night off. So it's actually just a seven-week commitment. We have three classes. Um, One is my mom will be teaching on spiritual warfare using uh, the book The Bondage Breaker. Uh, It'll be good. There is a cost to that one, 25 bucks. There's also Dave Ramsey's um, uh, financial freedom class. I believe it cost $100. Is that correct? Hmm? Per Per household. So not like if there's a couple that wants to... It's not 200, it's just 100 for the couple. Um, and so that's really good. How many of you have ever been through Dave Ramsey's class before? It's incredibly helpful. Uh, it's really good. I encourage you uh, to do that. And then this one I'm really excited about. Uh, Travis Worthman is a chiropractor here in town and a partner uh, of VFC. And he actually has Jewish roots um, in his family. And so he, is, uh, he studies the Hebrew roots of our faith. Uh, and, and he relates them to, to Jesus because it's all about Jesus, Right. And so, what, what he uh, and his wife Kathy have done, they've written a really cool curriculum about the seven feasts that you see, um, they actually speak of Jesus. And so, they're going to take each of the seven weeks and they're going to go through and say, okay, the Feast of Tabernacles, what does that mean? How does that speak of Jesus? right all the different feasts all the different feasts how, how do these how do these tell the story of jesus it's it's really unique if you've never studied that I encourage you to be a part and it is our free class uh, for this summer so I encourage you please sign up I know people like to just show up, but uh, it really helps us to know what room to put the class in and all that so if you're interested in those classes please sign up before you leave today okay um we, we are doing this series called This Is My Story, and I've had that old hymn in my head all week. This is my story, this is my song. Yeah, okay, you can stop. That's cool. Um, no, that's a great song. I, someone was like, Jamie, how do you know all the hymns? Like, you know all the old hymns, but you're, you know, we this is a church that we throw out a hymn every once in a while, but we don't do a lot of hymns. Well, I grew, up, uh, I grew up in high school at a Methodist church where we sang the hymns. And so I love a lot of those songs. And um, so we're, we're talking about um, sharing your story. Now, I'm going to kick things off today talking about the importance of telling your story. That's what part one is about. But over half of the Sundays this summer, I'm not going to be sharing. I'll be here But I won't be sharing. As a matter of fact, people in our church family are going to be sharing. They're going to be telling you their story. Uh, It's going to be really cool. We've contacted, been planning with people for a while now, helping them work on presenting their story to you. Some people are just going to get up here and tell it. Other people I'm going to interview. uh, Because I'm telling you, we have such a unique and awesome church family. So I encourage you make a point. I know, I know, many of you will be traveling for summer. You should take a vacation. If you don't take a vacation, you're out of balance. You need to spend time with your family. You do. Look, I'm not going to be here every every summer every Sunday this summer. Okay, I'm not a church attendance Nazi. I like having you here. Okay, it's important. I don't miss a physical meal. So I don't want to miss a spiritual meal, but at the same time, it's also important to spend time with family and get away. Okay, right? So, so we, we adopt that. We adopt that, um, that mentality here. And so, uh, so we're going to be hearing from different people's stories all this summer. You know, T-shirts are great. Christian T-shirts are great. Um, but it's not how we share our faith, is it? Is it? I mean, whoever gave their life to Jesus because of a Christian T-shirt? Right, the Lord's gym. Okay, yes, I repent. No, no one's ever done that before. When they see like a T-shirt, a Christian T-shirt, it's it's fun. There's nothing wrong with them at all. Uh, But you know, the way that we share our faith is by sharing our story. Now, the the Bible word that that many of us grew up was our testimony. Right? You've heard. Well, brother, just share your testimony. Well, that's cool. I like the word testimony, but I like the word story even better. Because sometimes when we talk about our testimonies, um, it it can be a little intimidating. You know, I grew up in a Christian household that taught me the Word when I was a little kid, that sheltered me uh, from uh, a lot of the nasty stuff in the world, Uh, and and I had a a, a nice uh, foundation when I did go off into the world on my own. I had a nice foundation that I could rely upon. So my testimony is not one of those, you know, I used to, you know, do drugs and I used to do this. And Those testimonies are amazing. They make me so thankful for the grace of God. But I remember for a long time, I was kind of embarrassed because I felt like I didn't have a testimony. You know what I'm talking about? And then I realized a testimony is simply the story of your life. And I thought, oh, I got that. It may, I, I haven't been incarcerated, but I've got a story. And so I encourage you, what we're talking about is telling your story. If you think about it, your life is a story. It has a beginning. It has an end. It has action in between, rising and falling action. Tiffany and I watched a movie this weekend. It it was a good movie. It was just on TNT TBS. It was on TV. And... It was The characters were great. The actors, actresses in the movie were fantastic. But it didn't have a story. It was really weird. And Eva came in at the end of the, of the movie. She was like, what's this about? And we were like, these people. I, I mean, there was no... It was really odd, wasn't it? I, I, you know, so a story is important. You know, and, 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 the, and the rise and the fall of, of, of our stories, it matters. It makes a difference. A story has a theme, it has a setting, it has other characters. And, and these are the things that make our personal story worth telling. As a matter of fact, not only is your life a story, every day is a story. Every day is a chapter. You, it's got a beginning, it's got an end, it's got a setting, it's got, it's got you know ca- characters, it's got a theme. And, and so I encourage you, embrace the concept of your life as a story. Your life... As a story. So, I want to tell you some stuff about your story this morning. Um, and I've got a lot of points I want to tell you, but we're going to go through them rather quickly this morning. So, here are some things that I want you to know about your story. Things that I want you to know about your story. But it's not. So, that wasn't helpful. Thanks. so you can just go forward for me take control and go forward and just follow along with me so the first point is this next slide there we go your story I get this your story is history your story is history now one of the biggest reasons why people don't want to tell their story is because they still feel the sting from some of the past mistakes some of the issues some of the deals that went on in their life right is that right and you're afraid that people might misuse your story against you. I've had that happen. I know. Believe me. I've confided in people. And next thing I know, everyone knows what i confided in. And next thing you know, they're using it against me. It hurts. We have to be wise. But at the same time, your story is history. And if you will tell your story, you actually remove the sting of your mistakes. Isaiah 43:25. I love this. It says this, I, yes I alone, this is God talking, will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. I, yes I will blot out your sins for my own sake and I will never think of them again. A couple of things first of all. The word for blot out in Hebrew, it means to exterminate. It means to obliterate. It means to completely destroy. When I hear the word exterminate, I think about an exterminator who gets rid of bugs, right? You don't want the exterminator to just see bugs in your house and put something over it and cover it up, do you? No, you want to obliterate those little buggers, don't you? Yeah, you you want to totally exterminate those things. And that's what uh, God says that he has done with your sin. He has totally and completely exterminated your sin. It says, I will do this, interestingly, for my own sake. Isn't that weird? He doesn't even do it just for your sake. Now, there's a benefit to you for having your sins wiped out, your sins blotted out, your sins exterminated. There's a benefit to you, but actually, the reason he does it is for him. Why? Because he wants to be with you. And sin was what was getting in the way. So he says, hey, I'm going to get rid of your sin, not just for your sake, but for my sake. I want to be with you. And then he says, and I will never think of them again. Please don't remind God of your sin. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you've come to him and you've asked forgiveness, guess what? He forgave you and he has actually forgotten your sin. He says, I will never think of them again. So why would you remind him? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Psalm 103.12 says he has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. Now think about that. Now that's, this is, He's using a, a literary device, a poetic device. I mean, he's not literally casting you in one side and casting your sin in another. He's explaining how far God considers your sin from you. Once it's cleansed by God 100% completely and totally. If you imagine East going one way, one direction forever, West going in one direction forever, they never come in contact. They have nothing to do with one another. They are polar opposites. He has removed your sin as far as the East is from the West. Look, don't be the person that brings up your past to the Lord. And don't allow other people to bring up your past to you if it's forgiven. The only people that bring up your past are the people that are resentful for your future. This is why the devil, one of his key tools against you, is is to bring up your past against you. Why? Because of where he is headed. Don't let anyone else, and don't do that to someone else. Don't bring up their past when it's forgiven. Otherwise, you're partaking in the ministry of Satan and being an accuser of the brethren. Leave your past. Your past has left you. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to so forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When God looks at you, if, if you've if, if you have come to the Lord, you confessed your sins, you've found yourself in Christ, you've attached yourself to Him, you need to understand that God sees you as clean. That's what scripture says. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness, right? He sees you as clean. You don't treat a clean person like they're dirty. Do you? No. You treat a clean person like they're clean. And that's how God treats you. So your story is history. Here's the next thing. Your story is ministry. Your story is ministry. Now this is what's cool. Once you understand that there's no more power... There's no more shame. There's no more guilt. There's none of that over your history, over your past, over the things that you did, the mistakes that you made. Now, your story can turn into ministry. See, God desires to save everyone. That's what Scripture says. So your past can actually help someone's future. As you begin to tell your story, it becomes ministry. 2 Corinthians 1, through 3-4. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can just be comforted? No. So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Isn't that amazing? The lessons that you learn through your past, through your history, turns into ministry. You can help someone who is dealing with a similar situation. See, this is why God allows us to have different and unique testimonies. It's important that we embrace our story for our story because there are people out there that need to hear our specific story because they think they're all alone in what they're going through. And it's the synergy of all the different stories coming together into one big story about God's goodness and God's grace that creates such an amazing power in the earth. You know, right now it's a big deal to have superhero movies. and I mean, superhero movies have been going on for a while now. I remember growing up, you had like Superman and you had Batman and they were all both kind of cheesy, you know. But now these, these superhero movies, it seems like one comes out like every other month now. And these things are they are just fantastic movies, and they're awesome. But what I love is how unique each superhero is. Some of them can fly. Some of them have superpowers. Some of them can do different things. Some of them are just sarcastic. <laughs> some of them, that's just, that's, they all have their different powers. But when they team up together, and now this is what they're starting to do. Not only do they have individual superhero movies, but now they have these team superhero movies that are going on. And you're seeing how they work together even though they're different. This is how it is in the kingdom of God. Your specific story is yours for a reason. And there are people that only you, because of your story, can help. But you've got to recognize that your story is not just history, but your story is ministry as well. Here's another thing I want you to see is that your story is prophecy. Your story is not just history or ministry, it's prophecy. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul is talking here. He's talking about some of the stuff that he's been through while sharing the gospel. I'm telling you, travel was not easy back then in the first century. He went through a lot of stuff. I mean, he went through shipwrecks. He went through getting snake bit. He got stoned. He got whipped. He went through all sorts of stuff. But look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 1, 10. And he did rescue us. This is Paul saying God did rescue us. From mortal danger. He will rescue us again. We placed our confidence in him. He will, And he will continue to rescue us. In other words, what is Paul saying? He rescued me in the past. He's rescuing me now. And he's going to rescue me in the future. Paul used his story to predict his future. Do you see that? It turns his testimony, his story, was actually prophecy over his own life. Now, I encourage you to grasp onto this concept. Whenever you hear someone tell a story of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, maybe someone gets up here during giving and receiving and says, wow, you know, I started giving for the first time and God blessed my socks off. Don't just think, well, good for them. Or this is my favorite one, you ready? Must be nice. (laughs) Okay. Or instead of being jealous and bitter, You can say, you know what? I'm going to receive that as prophecy over my own life. God did it for them, and I know that he loves them, but I also know that he loves me. And so I'm going to use that story, that testimony I just heard as prophecy over my own life. If you hear God doing something good in someone else's life, claim it for yourself. Believe it for yourself. He's no respecter of persons. So not only is our story history, ministry, prophecy, it's victory. Our story is victory as well. This is what's so cool. I love this. I love this. Revelation, y'all probably heard this verse before. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now that's interesting. Like, if I'm reading the story of God, the story of humanity, the story of Satan, if if I'm reading that as if it was a book, and and I I thought, okay, so here's where the saints of God rise up and defeat the devil. I would think it'd be a bloody mess with bows and arrows and guns. But what's our weapon? It tells us right here, our weapons in overcoming are the blood of the Lamb, knowing who you are and knowing whose You are being covered in the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. Your story, your story is one of the main keys to victory over our enemy. Your story, when told in authenticity, in a genuine heart, you actually provide the ammunition to help God defeat his own enemy. Isn't that awesome? Your story is the weapon that we use. Again, Satan's tools, offense and shame and unforgiveness, these things hide in the dark. But when you tell your story, you bring these things into the light and you weaponize your history against your enemy. And this is a powerful thing that you get to be a part of, but only if you're telling Your story. Only if you're telling your story does this work. I encourage you, tell your story. Now, let me just talk about this for a second. Yes, we need to be wise how we tell our story. We need to be spirit-led how we tell our story. But my goodness, this is one of the main weapons that the Lord has given us to defeat the enemy. Not just for our sake, but for the sake of the kingdom. We need to tell our stories. We need to use our the word of our testimony. Amen? So our story is history. Our story is ministry. Our story is prophecy. Our story is victory. And our story is incomplete. It's not over yet. It's not done. So the last thing I want you to know about your story this morning is that your story is still being written. It's still being written. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8 through 9, the Apostle Paul is talking again about a lot of the stuff that he's gone through. This is many years later in his next letter to the Corinthians. And he's not being mealy-mouthed at all, but he's listing a lot of the stuff that he's been through, and a lot of it's been terrible. It's been awful. But check out what he says. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. We are pressed on every side by troubles. You ever felt that way? Yeah? We are pressed... On every side of my troubles, but we are not crushed. See, that wasn't the end of the story. We were pressed, but that wasn't the end of the story. We're not crushed. Okay? I like this one. We are perplexed, but that's not the the end of the story, but we're not driven into despair. Man, I was perplexed all this last week. Y'all want to hear a crazy story real quick? I lost my wallet this last week. Now, it's one thing to lose your wallet for a day. And you're driving, you're passing the cop, and you're like, "Hey, just play the blood of Jesus." But when it's a week of not having your cards, your money, your license, or anything, you start to get a little panicky. And 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 my family, they looked over every square inch of our house. I'm telling you, the kids were looking, Tiff was looking, they were praying, I was praying. I mean, we were praying, Lord, because we've had the Lord show us where things are before. Have you ever had that happen? you praying, yeah. Okay, so I'm sitting there. Now, I'm a little spoiled, I gotta admit. I'm used to, when I pray, things happen. I'm just being honest with you. And so I'm praying day two, and I'm praying day three, and I'm praying, I'm like, is this thing on, Lord? Are you hearing me? So I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I get to last Friday night. That meant a week of not having my wallet. And I knew, this is the crazy thing. I knew it was in our house. I knew it was in our room. I knew it was near our bed somewhere. Because that's the last time anyone saw it. Several people saw it right there. I was like, God, this is crazy. You've got to help me. And I started to want to get mad. You ever want to get mad when God doesn't answer a prayer like you think he should? Yeah, don't do that. I found myself, you know, I found that, well, what? Like, you, like you're entitled. I started getting there. I thought, you know what? I've got to stop this right now. And so I, I just, I said, Lord, show me, show me. And I had a dream Friday night. And in this dream, I was looking for my wallet. And I reached into some sort of clothing. And I knew it was there, but I didn't feel it. And then I heard the Lord say, reach further. And I reached further, and I found my wallet, and I woke up. And I was like, okay, that's the Lord. And so I said, okay, where is clothing next to my bed? It was in the dresser, right, where I keep my socks and stuff. And I thought, Lord, <laughs> I have checked this drawer 18 million times. So is Tiffany, so is everyone else. But what did the dream say? Go further. I did, and my wallet was right there. Now here's the thing. I don't know why God chose to give me a dream because that's a little weird for me. I'd rather just hear his voice, you know. That's how I'm used to hearing. But he wanted me to learn to dream. I don't know why he waited a week either. (laughs) But you know what? It was important. I was perplexed, but I was not driven to despair because the story wasn't over. Paul continues, verse 9, We are hunted down, but the story is not over, but we are not abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but the story is not over. We are not destroyed. See, there, we have a problem. We have a problem in, in our super fast food, convenience, impatient mentality, culture that we live in. We have a tendency to stop reading a story before it's all over. Don't we? We get impatient. We stop reading the story But when we stop short of finishing the story We come away with the wrong conclusion Can you imagine reading scripture Reading the gospel accounts of Jesus And right when he's crucified That's it What a sad story Some of us read scripture like, that's the, like Oh yeah, Jesus, poor Jesus He was a good guy, sorry for you buddy But no He, 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 he rose again He had complete and total victory over his enemy. You never stop short of reading the story, you're going to get the wrong idea. That's why we don't judge other people. When you judge someone, you're closing the book on their life, even though it's not done yet. You're saying, okay, I know how this ends. Don't do that. Now, you can judge actions. It's perfectly okay. As a matter of fact, it's necessary for you to judge actions. It's okay to say this is wrong, this is wrong, and this is wrong. You're not judging the person, you're judging the action. But we don't judge people because their story's not over yet. Grace is still available for them. Don't close the book on reading someone else's story. Don't do that to them. It's not over yet. It's incomplete. It's not finished Look, your story is history. Your story is ministry. Your story is prophecy. Your story is victory. And your story is incomplete. And my question to you this morning is Are you willing to surrender your story, past, present, and future, to God? Are you willing? Are you willing to weaponize your testimony against the enemy? Are you willing to speak your story so that it can be ministry to someone else? So it can be prophecy to someone else? Look, it's up to you. God's not going to come down here and make your mouth move. You've got to choose for yourself. Let's stand for prayer. If you will close your eyes, just take a moment as we close here. Just do some business with the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit this question Ask Him, say, Lord, am I surrendering my story to you? Come on, be honest. Take a moment. Get real. Am I surrendering my story? Or am I holding on to it? Am I still letting guilt and shame keep me quiet? I want to lead you in a prayer where we commit together that we're going to use our story. We're going to tell our story for the benefit of the kingdom. If you will, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that my life is a story. My story is history. Shame has no power over me. My story is ministry. I get to help you help people. My story is prophecy. Because it happened once, it can happen again. My story is victory. I defeat the enemy by telling my testimony. And my story is not over. So I invite you into it to write the story you want over my life. My life is yours. My heart is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tiff, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.